Good morning. It's a new year. It's Tuesday, January 5th. Things that have mattered quite a bit certainly matter today. We are entering <laughs> the final fight. And really, this week is the last chapter of stopping the steal. We know they did it. Sadly, if you ask me right now, I believe they pulled it off. Okay, I mean, if if all holds the same in the next few hours, in the next few days, then the Democrats got away with it. And at some point, all the QAnon types, all the people that think David Epstein is going to walk out on the on the congressional floor and reveal a bunch of things, and we're going to find out who shot JFK, and we're going to hear from Julian Assange. All those guys need to go away relearn what needs to be relearned and come back when they're valuable. Because right now, in a results-oriented world, we're not getting anything done. Now let's talk about what has been done, just looking at the activity, looking at the things that are leading up to Congress convening tomorrow with Mike Pence, the Vice President, overseeing the final vote to finally certify Joe Biden as President. That's what happens every time. It's essentially a formality in recent history. And will tomorrow be different? Yes, right? So today's the 5th. Today, people are starting to march on Washington. There's an organized rally this afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern, I believe. And there are two more tomorrow. And this is the rally that Donald Trump called on his supporters to hold, to show up, right? All convening, all kind of uh, climaxing tomorrow on January 6th. So it's designed, obviously, to put pressure on senators. That pressure's already been felt, and we have people like Josh Hawley from Missouri coming forward and saying they are going to object to the election. They're going to vote to decertify, essentially, saying that these states, they'll list them, Georgia, Pennsylvania, etc., ran terrible elections, that their results cannot be verified or certified or believed based on all of the evidence of fraud that we've seen. The problem is the mainstream media and all your friends on the left and everybody put themselves back in their tortoise shells and they do what people do when they don't want to find out the truth, meaning when the truth is less than convenient or damning to their case. And that's the problem we have here, especially with the press. If we had a real press corps, just one that was willing to ask questions, things would be different today. Would Trump be president again? I don't know. He'd have a better chance, though. He certainly would. In the end, if you want to look for accountability, one, I look at the Republican Party. Um, we should know better. Republicans should. The leadership should. Donald Trump should. They should have seen this coming. Why pass that executive order in September 2018, or why sign it, President Trump, if you never planned to use it, or if you knew you might need it, why would you allow this election or not do anything ahead of time and look at these battleground states and fortify these observers and ensure that Republicans were better entrenched. Now, COVID, as we've talked about before, provided the perfect scenario, the perfect scapegoat to distance everybody and to create an opportunity to get away with things like running machine-completed ballots, which this guy, Jovan Pulitzer, who we talked about the other day, has proven. He says he's seen ballots that are clearly filled out by a machine for Joe Biden. We could keep going down this road. There's no doubt, and this is what makes this so frustrating, so maddening, is that the evidence is pretty damn compelling. 
Now, what's killing us and what has killed us and what I think is one of the few reasons we will not win this in the end. Again, if you ask me to pick, will Donald Trump be president on January 21st or not? I'm going to say not unless something major changes. And that has to happen in the next 24 to 36 hours. We've sure been waiting a long time. It's been two months and I'm no longer in the just wait or you're going to see category. I'm tired of that. We've had time for substance. We've had time to win something, something real. And we've had a lot of odds stacked against us, but it hasn't happened yet. And the clock is running short. We're running out of time. But you look at the people like Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell, who I was very excited to align with from the beginning because they are fighters. They are patriots in their own way. And we have to emphasize that last part, in their own way. Sidney Powell, I have not a great deal against her, but I don't think she helped anything. I really don't. I think focusing on the Dominion machines was good, but then where she went with the hacking and bringing in China and Iran is too difficult to sell in a short amount of time. Because initially, most people, including me, are going to look at that and go, wait a minute, you want me to believe that Iran had hackers who got into these Dominion voting machines live during the election and manipulated votes, and that's not easy to find afterwards? Because it wouldn't match the paper. I believe the cheat was with actual paper, okay? With ballot harvesting, with machine manufactured votes, with running ballots multiple times, that's where it was. This idea that they hacked and changed results is too difficult a sell for me right now. I certainly want to see more. I do believe there was access live from outside of the United States. They've shown that, and that is a huge problem. But it's going to take time if they could ever show what these hackers actually did in a concrete fashion. And trying to close that deal and get that case closed in 30 to 45 days with the mainstream media against you is really impossible, and it shows a lack of self-awareness, in my opinion, on Sidney Powell. And in, now that we have hindsight, it's become very clear why the Trump administration distanced themselves, their legal team especially, from Sidney Powell and, of course, Lynn Wood. Now, Lynn Wood, I think, has turned out to be the worst case of an ambulance-chasing, bad-news, defamation lawyer, uh, that we could have imagined. And sadly, we didn't see it coming. I didn't. I liked his style in the beginning. I was appreciative of him for what he did for guys like Jesse, um, um, uh, Nick Sandman. And I almost said Jesse Smollett. <laughs> I don't want anybody to do anything for him. Uh, Nick Sandman, you know, who wore the Make America Great hat to, uh, on a high school field trip and was harassed and attacked by a scumbag Democrat operative who happened to be Native American also was just a violent individual, and it was all set up, all designed to defame Trump. And, of course, a 17-year-old kid got caught up in it, and now he's worth millions. And Lynn Wood made that happen. Lynn Wood needs to stay in his lane. Lynn Wood got excited with this and has gained hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers, tons of notoriety. He's become a household name, and he doesn't care about anything else. Do not read anything he puts out there. Lynn Wood has gone off the deep end. I don't think he's insane. I just think he's excited by all the reaction he gets and by all the, the pure homage he gets from, sorry to say, the psychos on our side. Because QAnon people are weird. And if you're one of them listening, 
I'm sorry. You're just weird. I, 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 you, you're not interested in hearing anything that makes you slightly uncomfortable. You're just as bad as a leftist in that regard. And so Lynn Wood has become this propped up religious-like hero, quoting Bible verses and in the same tweet, talking about how there's going to be military tribunals and how Mike Pence is going to be arrested for treason and killed by a firing squad. Those are direct from his tweets, from his verified account. That's that's our guy, Lynn Wood. We, unfortunately, have no way to silence him because this is America. We don't want to be hypocrites, and he is hurting our cause. So enough on him, but just a warning. Uh, Lynn Wood isn't going to deliver anything measurable for us at all. I think he's actually ended up helping the other side because today the Georgia Senate runoff is happening, and Lynn Wood is the guy that came out like me. So let's be real. I questioned whether I would vote in the runoff or not. and still don't know if I would if I was in Georgia, but I'm sure glad people are. Let's give it a run. Um, we know they're going to cheat in some way, shape, or form. Now, as I've watched this, I've come to one realization. It's going to be a lot harder because this is only one election. It's not like election night, November 3rd, into the day, November 4th, when you've got 50 states and dozens and dozens of national uh, elections going on, not, not only the presidential and so there's just a lot of camouflage for cheating. There's not that camouflage now, right? You're talking about two Senate runoffs, one state, uh, just two, you know, it's it's really going to be something to behold if they try to pull some, you know, late night shutdown. Oh, we couldn't count. I mean, that's not going to happen, right? That's they're not the brightest group. They certainly don't care about getting caught because they did. I think they planned it. I think they knew the press would never come after them because they were aligned on wanting Biden to be president no matter what. They don't care that they they cheated. I'm impressed. This go-round, it's going to be different. Now, they we know they've broken the law with ballot harvesting, and Rothenberger, the Secretary of State, who's been absolutely no help with regard to exposing fraud, he just wants to move on and rubber stamp Georgia as Biden's win. He's apparently investigating Stacey Abrams, who's a state representative who lost in a close race to Kemp, for governor four years ago. Now, I laugh at this. Stacey Abrams is an overweight black woman. Okay, she's an overweight African-American woman. Nobody's going near her, right? I mean, I just named three things that give her unique privilege when it comes to being prosecuted. She's overweight. Yeah, it's a protected class. Shouldn't be, okay? She's black and she's a woman, all right? So how dare you, again, we're going back to that, question her or accuse her of anything. Because if you do, you are racist. And so that is um, going to protect her. So when you see this investigation into the organization that she runs, right, they're being called out. They're being investigated for ballot harvesting. That's hilarious. They've done it for years. It's not going to go anywhere. They did it for this election. That's why this is relevant. This is going out and, and, and gathering um, and compiling votes via absentee ballot, via mail-in ballot, and making sure they're filled out, coaching people how to do it, using third-party organizations, and getting them turned in. Three million people before the polls opened this morning in Georgia had already voted. Now, here's the good news. I've listened to two different operatives that said on live TV that um, the Republicans only need a 60% win today, meaning of all the votes that go in live in-person voting on election day today for both Senate seats, the Republicans only have to beat 60%. In comparison on November 3rd, on election day, 
Republican turnout was 65%. So they got some wiggle room, but it's probably still going to be close. The only poll that I care about, the Trafalgar poll, shows the races within one point. Purdue's losing by less than a point to Ossoff, and Loeffler is winning by a little more than a point over Warnock, who's a raging psychopath. Holy cow. I mean, there's just, I, I can't imagine if the tables were turned and someone like Warnock were running for Senate, any of us on Team Trump would vote for a Republican who had said such pathetic, horrifying things, who was also on video <laughs> committing domestic abuse and has had been detained by the police. I mean, he's just a mess. He has a chance to win. Way to go, Democrats. That's fantastic. All because of bad orange man. Y'all pathetic. And you're beneath us, and we don't even listen to you anymore, and we're not interested in debating you. We just want to defeat you. But um, no one's going to do anything to Stacey Abrams. So they've harvested ballots. They got a lot of them in. But the Republicans have got to turn out today, and I hope they do. Um, God forbid it turns out to be another cheat, and one of the, and what I think it still can be, and people turn out, and the same thing happens. And when all the dust settles sometime tomorrow afternoon, Right, they'll push it. They can't push it a couple days. They don't have that. You know, there's not as much work for these um, county boards as far as counting. By tomorrow, if they stretch it to like tomorrow afternoon and declare these Democrats a winner, holy cow! Think about what's going to be happening in parallel. So today, you've got this big Senate election. No matter what happens, I think there are going to be at least one million people in D.C. tomorrow uh, for this big Trump rally that he scheduled. That he went out and said, "Let's do it. Let's get wild." All to be happening, not only in parallel to the Georgia Senate runoff, but of course, Congress convening. Why I'm telling you this, it's definitely something to turn on your TV and watch. I think it's going to go bad. And I unfortunately know the press. They're going to select the clips. You've got the Proud Boys there. They've already arrested their chairman, who's an African-American, half African-American, half uh, Latino. Notice I said Latino, not Latinx. I'll never say Latinx seriously. Just like, by the way, when I pray, I will never say a woman, okay? And it, because amen has nothing to do with men, has nothing to do with males, has nothing to do with gender. Okay, that's the dumbest thing the Democrats have pulled off. And I hope you, if any of you have ever voted for a Democrat that's currently sitting in Congress, are totally embarrassed about the person you are and about the people you voted for, because that tells you what their priorities are, is they're now closing the House of Representatives prayer, the opening prayer with amen and a woman. If you didn't see that, you must think I'm crazy. Look it up. It's all over the place. I get it. We're coming back from the holidays. You might have been out of the news cycle, and I'm kind of envious because the news cycle sucks. But Congress is going to be convening tomorrow. At the same time, Trump is um, going to hold this rally. And I think as the day goes, I mean, let's play this game out. Let's say the Democrats win this runoff. It's going to be an absolute powder keg from the get-go tomorrow, January 6th, when Trump holds this rally. You've got Proud Boys there. They're arresting their leaders for no reason. They're saying this guy, Enrique Tario, the person I referenced before, the chairman, he burned a Black Lives Matter flag. So I guess you can burn the U.S. flag, but you can't burn the flag of a terrorist organization in the United States anymore. Obviously, they're Trump, you know, trumping it up. They're making it up um, because they want to pull him off the board. Now, clearly, that's not going to de-escalate anything. And by the way, to be on record, there's nothing about the Proud Boys that are white supremacists, hence their, chair, their chairman. 
Um, but uh, that is something they've been painted with. And of course, that empowers Antifa and Black Bloc and of course, BLM, the terrorist organization, to go after them and really do it with impunity. And that's what you're going to see tomorrow. There's going to be big fights. Um, <clears throat> there's going to be a riot-like atmosphere at some point. It might make it until the sun sets tomorrow, Wednesday, January 6th, but it's going to happen. Now, if you get two to three million or more people in D.C. tomorrow, I don't know what happens. I mean, you get that many people, maybe the Senate decides in mass to vote to decertify these states, these battleground states where the cheating occurred. Right now, the count is like 13 or 14 senators that are on record saying they're going to vote to, um, you know, in, basically to object to the election. That's essentially what they're going to do. And um, that's all going to be led by Josh Hawley. The problem is guys like Tom Cotton have said they're not. They're going to vote in favor of some commission and things to look into the election. And that's neat, Tom. I was very disappointed. I'm a big fan of Senator Tom Cotton. He's out of Arkansas. I followed his background. He's an Army veteran, kid from Arkansas that goes to Harvard. Great guy. Um, he wrote some statement. I'm not going to read it on why he's not going to vote against the election certification from these states. I'm not reading it because I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm disappointed that he, who's been a fervent Trump supporter, has all of a sudden now decided he's going to find a way to be bipartisan or whatever, because right now I know Tom Cotton's long-term political career is over unless he changes and actually, who cares what his statement says, what he's saying today. If he votes in support of President Trump tomorrow, he will instantly give CPR to his political career and he will be back in business. This was a guy like Josh Hawley, like Ted Cruz and a few others who was being talked about for a 2024 Republican nomination for president. Tom Cotton is immediately out of that discussion is a nobody. Okay, he's a nobody based on how he votes and if he votes against Trump tomorrow on, Jan on January 6th in Congress. There's just no way. He's done. That's what these people don't get. House of Representatives are going to get close to, I'd say, 160, 170, which is great. It's a great demonstration. It's a great statement. I'm tired of statements. We've had plenty of statements. We have all the evidence makes a statement. If there's not a majority, then the the states, even the ones where all the evidence is with the cheating, are going to pass. And sure, in the Senate tomorrow, they're going to have two hours of debate. Now, what I don't know, I'm hoping, is it's two hours per state objected. Right? So Arizona comes up, thinking it's an alphabetical order. When Arizona hits, you know, after Alaska and Alabama, look at me uh, doing my thing there. Uh, Arizona comes up, it's objected, and right there, when Hawley objects, if it, it will be seconded by someone like Ted Cruz, um, you know, Senator uh, Rand, Ron Johnson, doesn't matter. There's two hours of debate. I, I believe it's going to be purely for Arizona, so they'll start presenting the case. Now, if tomorrow they don't present something new, absolutely new, or new and improved, or just improved in a great deal, for each of these states, nothing's going to change for sure. It's just not. Uh, maybe they can do something tomorrow. I mean, the Democrats, I think they'll, they might walk out. I don't know if they'll stay for that, for that debate portion. Who cares? They're not going to change. I mean, there's nothing that, it's, sadly, there's nothing. I mean, Joe Manchin, maybe one other moderate Democrat might stay and listen. Good for him. The key is to get the Republicans sitting there and to convince them, oh my gosh, I can't now after seeing this, knowing the American public and my constituents see this new evidence, this detailed evidence of fraud in Arizona, how can I vote 
to support the electors going for Joe Biden or any electors from that state. That's the game, right? And we're going to know based on Arizona. Unless they don't have a lot for Arizona, it doesn't mean it's over, right? And we're going to get to Georgia, right? So we, we, that's why this is, this has never been done that I know of on record. So I don't know if it's each state gets two hours of debate. I think that's the case. Still not a lot of time, even if, if it's each state. God forbid if it's only two hours total. I don't know what you do. I don't know how you organize that argument because it's just not a long time. And really, if it's two hours straight and you don't take a break, how much attention are you going to have after about 30 minutes, after 20? I mean, I think for this, pretty good. It's not like a boring PowerPoint presentation at a conference. But still, um, so I believe it is two hours per state. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Again, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what the Democrats are going to do? I'm done predicting, right? I'm done. It is is absolutely, you know, nothing happened in the courts and still hasn't happened that has given any fair look to all of this. And, um, you know, we we just we can only look at Trump, who had a great rally last night in Dalton, Georgia. He's out there trying to get Loeffler and Purdue elected in these special elections up against, you know, really all the odds, considering how the Democrats do their thing in these states, especially one like this, where so much is at stake. I mean, imagine if we lose both those seats and Biden and Harris are inaugurated, it is a Democrat-controlled Congress in its entirety. It's been almost 30 years since that's happened, since the um, Republican blowout in 1996. It finally took control from the Democrats of Congress. And it's, you know, it's an ugly thing to game out. I think, you know, if we'd all, I think we're, I don't know, it's a coin toss for Georgia. It's just an absolute coin toss. Imagine that, right? I mean, we're, this is a red state. But thanks to COVID and thanks to the scumbag left and the game they're willing to play, it's airtight. And um, I am really concerned about turnout today. Really concerned about turnout in Georgia because people, for all the right reasons, feel very disenfranchised and feel like they're wasting their time. And imagine, especially if school is back today or was yesterday, you know, in a lot of states, uh, school doesn't open back for the holidays until January 6th tomorrow. Let's hope that's the case in Georgia because people certainly be a little, a lot easier for them to get out and vote. Um, but we're in trouble if tonight the Democrats are declared victors and um, things, it's going to be an ugly couple weeks leading up to what's probably a, an inauguration for Joe Biden, which is a hilarious joke, but who knows? I mean, these things can happen. We're going to see stuff Wednesday, I'm sure, that we haven't seen before. Um, it's been an ugly battle to get this evidence out. You know, I mentioned Hawley, Josh Hawley from Missouri. His family was attacked in at their home while he wasn't there uh, in Missouri by Antifa. They called it a vigil. Vigil. They had megaphones, and people did come up to their door, which is breaking the law. So these guys are taking massive risks. I mean, jo- to me, Josh Hawley is, um, you know, Hawley and DeSantis, the governor from Florida. These are the top two guys I can see coming out of the Trump phenomena, and and as you know, and be phenomenons themselves. Right, these are guys that are totally aligned with the MAGA movement, and Josh Hawley's going to pay a price for it. He already is, 
And so that's how the other game, other team is playing. You know, they're out there keeping the kids awake, harassing people, while the Republicans simply want their day in court, their day in the legislatures. And maybe what happens tomorrow, There, I mean, it, again, another scenario is that after it all said and done, there's a ton of evidence presented, and the Senate and Mike Pence somehow send these contested states back to their state legislatures. And we've talked about this. It's January 5th. By my clock, Pennsylvania, their state legislature is back in session today. And it is after 11 a.m. in Pennsylvania. So what are they doing? Are they passing any resolutions in Pennsylvania or these other states to bolster the claims, to bolster the action in the U.S. Congress tomorrow? Because I appreciate all the hearings. I appreciate all that the Republicans have done in these states up until this point. But you got to put your money where your mouth is now. You got to put votes on. You got to put people to the question in all of these districts in states like Pennsylvania and Georgia and Michigan and Wisconsin. I know Wisconsin's trying today. Their Republicans are trying to get a resolution passed. That's the last I read. I read it yesterday. If they don't pull that off, I don't see what these state legislatures really did of any circumstance to help Donald Trump. I really don't. I'm sorry. I think all that work all the hearings is a complete waste of time if they can't at some point, especially before tomorrow, get together with their Republican majority and call for a vote on a resolution to decertify their electors. That, that to me, changes everything tomorrow. If two or three or God, I've got four states pull that off by tomorrow morning in whether they're emergency sessions or regular sessions, and put it to a vote and pass these resolutions, that's, that's then, you're in the, the right constitutional place. Because no matter what happens, let's say something goes really great for us tomorrow. Be careful what you get excited about, because it's going to the Supreme Court. The Democrats are going to challenge it. If we are on the right side of the Constitution, which is the legislative side when you deal with elections, then I feel really good about it. Right, We've got good originalists, good constitutionalists in the Supreme Court. Screw John Roberts. We can't depend on him, but we don't need him. And if they're going to have to take those cases, right? And if we have state legislative backing to what the Congress does and you know, the U.S. Congress does, then I think we're in good shape. That's a lot to occur between now and tomorrow. So keep your eye out because um, if it doesn't, then what is going to happen, and I hate to quote the New York Times, is Mike Pence has essentially said he's going to raise the issue. He's going to support, he's going to be there when all of the cases are made for fraud in these states. But this idea that there's a Pence card, this is the this is the Q thing, you know, and calling for Pence to do his constitutional duty is moronic. Right? The sitting vice president of the United States cannot, and he probably will not even try to take some action in the U.S. Senate to decertify states all on his own, ignoring any votes, ignoring any of the matters on the floor, and just with his gavel, because he'll be presiding over the Senate tomorrow, just say, you know what? No, Arizona, we're not accepting your electors. You're, you're saying that the vice president of the United States has the power then to just reelect himself. Does anybody who's ever known anything about the U.S. Constitution think that is an option? It's not. 
It's not. This is a QAnon keyboard warrior loser idea. This hashtag Pence card thing. Mike, so let's be fair to the guy. Okay? He's not going to try to wage some rebellion on his own from the podium that is going that would get overturned by the Supreme Court by Friday. So again, what would the result be? It would be the result would be chaos for 48 hours until the Supreme Court met. Maybe sooner, they'd meet sooner because it would just be an absolute nightmare in the streets. And that's not the reason not to do anything. But constitutionally, Mike Pence on his own as the Vice President of the United States cannot, he can't do it. So it's not going to happen. There's, I'm, I'll make this prediction. There is a 0.0% chance of Mike Pence on his own tomorrow decertifying any state. Okay? That's not going to happen. And it's stupid to think it should. Imagine if the tables were turned and Kamala Harris waltzed in, sassy frass, right? Dimwit that she is, picked up the gavel with her nails all dead and hammered down and said, you know what? I know Arizona went for my, my opponent, but I'm not going to, I'm decertifying. Imagine how we'd feel. We'd lose it. Okay. We'd think it was wrong. We have to be consistent here. It just doesn't make sense, right? That someone could essentially reelect themselves from the podium as the president of the Senate, which a vice president of the United States is when he's in, in session, he will be tomorrow presiding over these important issues. So it will be interesting to watch. I'm sure there will be live. I mean, you know, if you have Twitter, you have anything you can access during the day on a Wednesday. I know it's a busy day. Keep an eye on it. I am going to, I actually have a good day tomorrow to do another show. Um, and, and, you know, that's why I wanted to make sure I was on today to summarize. Keep an eye on it. Um, think about what can happen afterwards. I mean, who knows? You know, again, inauguration's two weeks away. If there's something left open tomorrow, I think that would be a good thing. But I feel like going back to the analogy I used before, the metaphor I used before is the boxing match here. And, you know, we've landed some punches, but we better knock something to the canvas. Somebody's got to go down tomorrow. It has to land big. Something's got to be voted our way or else I don't see what can change between January 6th and January 20th when Joe Biden's going to have his his online inauguration. I don't know if you saw it. He had a rally in Georgia yesterday with 14 people. It's fun to make fun of. I enjoy it. It's definitely indicative of his lack of support and the lack of energy. But give credit to the Democrats. They don't care about it, right? They don't care that Donald Trump has the best rallies, has sold out rallies, is mobbed everywhere he goes while we're partying and showing up and hoping that the people that show up to these rallies actually vote. Because if you don't, if you go to a rally and you don't actually vote, you're more useless than the person who stays home and doesn't vote. You actually hurt us. Where while we're doing that, we're getting excited about voter or rally turnout. The Democrats are focused on, air quotes, voter turnout, meaning ballots. They don't care about actual votes. They just care about ballots for their person. That's what they're focused on. They have lasered in on what really can win it. Not caring about what it looks like, not caring about legality. They don't care. Stacey Abrams doesn't care. You watch her speak. She is entitled. She does not think the rules apply. And we know why she doesn't think the rules apply. That is an absolute um, consistent issue with certain um, cultures within the Democrat Party. And she certainly espouses that. She's not afraid of you. She's not afraid of Rothenberger, the Secretary of State. She's not afraid of anybody. 
and neither are the Democrats. We haven't given them reason to be afraid. And the mainstream press is not going to help us in any time soon. So say your prayers, fingers crossed. Watch Georgia tonight. Um, I'll be back on. I will be on tomorrow. And we can um, certainly talk about those results. I think there's a good chance that we know who wins those Senate runoffs in Georgia tonight. And then, of course, we can watch uh, with curiosity and maybe some apprehension on what goes down in Washington on January 6th tomorrow. Take care. God bless. And we'll talk to you soon.